Well, hey, today we're starting a new series written just for this time. It's called Keep Calm and Carry On. And that's how we're going to get through this. We're going to keep calm by keeping our eyes on the God who's in control. And we're going to carry on by continuing to be faithful to the things that he's called us to do. Whether you're joining our church online for the first time or whether you're part of the thousands of people who already called our church home, we're going to be here for you every day of the week and every week of this crisis. I genuinely believe that you're going to experience God like never before in your life if you'll call out to him in this time. If you'll say, God, uh, I'm afraid, bring him your emotions one day at a time. And you know, as I was praying for you today and preparing this message, I thought, what do I wanna communicate to our people and to those who are joining our family and our movement? And you know what I wanted to communicate? A big thumbs up. So I've, I've brought along David Hasselhoff to give you a huge thumbs up because here's the thing, I am so proud of you guys. Last week we had thousands of our regular attenders and many others join us online live for services like this and we saw people reaching out and connecting to God. Thursday night we did a live worship stream and we had more than 2,000 people worshiping God. I'm so proud of you guys that you're turning to God. Uh, you're staying connected to the body. Keep doing that. Uh, so many stories I could tell you all, but here's what I know. We're going to be all right. We're going to make it through this, and we're going to make it through it together. We're going through a once-in-a-lifetime crisis, and here's the thing. As frightening as it might feel, you're making it. You're doing it, right? It's kind of like an athlete in a, in a game when they're giving it their all and the coach says, keep going. I'm telling you guys, keep going. And if you think, John, I'm sweating bullets. I feel so much fear and anxiety. Guess what? That's normal. That's just like an athlete being on the field and being tired. It's okay. You're still in the game. You're going through one of the biggest crises of your life and you're making it. And we're going to keep making it through this together. Well, one of the things that is most breaking my heart is seeing some of the older folks in our community, if you've been to a grocery store and, and seen maybe some empty shelves. And uh, one day, my wife, Mel, was telling me a story of being there and seeing empty shelves and just seeing some older folks who are in that most at-risk group kind of wandering through the grocery store with just a blank look on their face, just needing hope. So we've decided as a church, we're going to build a team of those of us who are healthy and not at risk, who will deliver groceries to those in need and those in the most vulnerable group. We're going to start with the people in our own church family. And if we have enough of us doing this, we'll do it for other people as well. So if you want to be part of that, text the word HELPER to our number 317-350-1996. Text the word HELPER. And by the way, if you say, I can't go out and help people, but I can make phone calls, you can do that as well. We're going to be giving phone calls to people who are anxious, phone calls to people who are stuck at home alone and just want someone loving and caring to talk to and laugh with. We'll be delivering groceries and running errands. We are being the body of Christ, and I'd encourage you to join me in being part of this. Well, the other night, my wife Mel and I were talking. She said, John, I feel like we're all on a roller coaster. You know how on a roller coaster when it's clicking up the hill and you're hearing that click, 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 and you are a little bit afraid 
In fact, depending on your personality on a roller coaster, you might be very afraid because there's this anxiety of what's coming. And really, that is where we are as individuals and a society. We don't know how long this virus is going to last. We don't know how many of us will be affected physically, how many will be affected economically. And my goodness, it is such a good thing to know that we have a God who's in control. But I want to talk with you today about this universal feeling that we all have right now. And I want to assure you, it's normal to fear the unknown. Uh, You're not unspiritual. You don't have weak faith in God. If you're afraid of what's unknown, that's very normal. It's also normal for our imaginations to run wild. You know, I've learned in my experience that often when I'm going up the roller coaster, my imagination of the worst case scenarios is usually worse than what actually happens. And I think if we're honest, we all experienced this as children, right? We would lay in bed at night and there were nights when we were afraid of the dark or we would hear a creak or a weird noise and our imaginations would run wild with what might that be? We experience this as kids when we're falling asleep and we experience it sometimes in our nightmares. I got to tell you guys a funny story from when I was a child of one of my most memorable nightmares that I had. Uh, When I was in elementary, there was this movie called Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And my older brothers, they had rented this movie and they had watched it. I I must have been around eight years old. And my brain had taken in all these images. And that night I had this weird, weird dream. I had this dream that it was my birthday party. And I really wanted this Casio keyboard. and, And my parents brought in the keyboard. But then everyone left. And they said, you have to go downstairs to get your real present. And so in my dream as an eight-year-old, I go down the stairs. And when I get to the basement, it's all these prison cells. And who's there? Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I look back up and the door to get out of the basement is locked. And my parents, they had been telling me, John, if anyone ever tries to kidnap you, scream as loud as you can. Well, there in my sleep, I just started to scream as loud as I could, dad, dad. And guess what? My dad heard it from two bedrooms away. He ran to me, he shook me, and he woke me up. One of the funniest moments looking back of my childhood. But in the moment, I was just overcome with fear and anxiety. Can you relate to that feeling in your life? Here's the question we're asking today. What can you do when you're trapped and when you're afraid? What can you do when the nightmare is no longer something you wake up from, but something that you're living in? Well, I know I want the answer to this question, and I want to give you the answer to this question straight from the heart of God. I want to tell you God's answer to this question. We find it in the true story of God's people when they were trapped and afraid. We find it in the book of Exodus chapter 14. And you know, here's what happened. You might know this story with Moses, that the people of God, probably about 2 million of them, were slaves in Egypt. And God did all these plagues to loosen Pharaoh's grip. And Pharaoh finally says, okay, I'll let the Israelites go. Well, then the Egyptians, they started to chase after them with Pharaoh's army, all his horses and his chariots. And I want to show you a picture, one artist's rendering of what this might have looked like, because I just want you to imagine yourself as an Israelite. You've been a slave 
Now you find out, oh, we're, we're, we get to go. Wow, this is amazing. You've got your most valuable possessions. Whatever those are as a slave, you, they, they had homes and you've still got a few basic possessions and you've got your children with you and your spouse with you and you're on foot making your way through the desert when suddenly you hear the thundering of these wheels and of these horse hooves and you realize, oh my goodness, we're gonna die. In fact, the next verse tells us this. It says, the Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore. Now, I learned something new when I was studying the Word of God this week, and this is what I love about the Bible. And if you feel trapped up at home, I can't encourage you enough, get one of these Life Application Study Bibles. We've still got them in our lobby, which is open during office hours. You can stop by and just pick one up any day. I learned that when the Israelites were stuck on this shore, it wasn't just flat land where they were. Now, this picture I'm going to show you isn't exactly where they were, but it shows you geographically the situation they were in. You see, they had been escaping, and they had gone through a gorge, through really two mountain passes, and they got to this place where the Red Sea was in front of them. The mountains were beside them, and now Pharaoh's army was charging down on them. In other words, they were trapped. They were completely trapped. They don't have weapons, and an army with weapons is charging right at them. Look at verse 10 of Exodus 14. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians catching up. I mean, talk about a verse that describes us in the last couple weeks, that describes our nation and our neighbors. The people looked up and panicked. We see the panic in the grocery stores. We see the panic in the stock markets. Some days we see the panic in our own mirrors. But we, when we're trapped, can do what the people of Israel did. Look at verse 10. They cried out to the Lord. Yeah, I love this verse because this group of Israelites, they tend to get a hard rap in history. We look back at them and we talked about how they worshiped other gods and they were always complaining and we tend to define them by their faults. But look at this moment. As this army is charging toward them, they did the right thing. They cried out to the Lord. You know, I wanna ask you in this last week, in these last weeks, as you've had moments where you looked up and panicked, I just wanna ask you, between you and God, have you really cried out to the Lord? And here's what I mean. I'm not saying, have you thought, oh, this is all so terrible, I wish God would fix it. That's different than crying out to the Lord. Crying out to the Lord is when you say with your mouth, or at the very least in your heart and your mind, God, I can't fix this problem. God, I'm worried I'm gonna lose my job, or I'm worried about my income, or I'm worried about my loved one or myself who has an underlying health condition, and God, I'm crying out to you. Crying out to God is when you move from saying, man, I'm sick of having these kids home, and I don't know how I'm gonna deal with weeks and weeks of having these kids in the house. It's one thing to be annoyed and want God to fix it. It's another thing to cry out and say, God, only you can help me. 
You know, we're all on this roller coaster together. It's clicking up, up, up. And for some of you, you're afraid of death. For some of you, you're afraid of losing your job. For some of you, you're just afraid of losing your mind with your kids. We're all in this together. But here's the thing I got to encourage you today. Cry out to the Lord. I mean, really cry out to him. Really say, God, only you can fix this. Only you can help me. Well, right after they cried out to the Lord, verse 11, they did start to complain as they often did. And they said, Moses, why? And we're all wondering that, right? Like, why do we have to go through this? Why did my whole world have to shake? Why did everything have to change? And it's normal to have these questions. Some of them won't be answered in this life. But I believe God's answer to you when you're wondering why is the same that he gave through Moses to his people in Exodus 14, verse 13, when Moses told them this, don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Now, you might be thinking, John, those words mean nothing to me. You're telling me pretty much to fly, right? You might as well just sing, it's a small world after all, because those words, I, they, those do not help me feel unafraid. I think of my own kids when they have nightmares or when I was a kid and had nightmares. If my parents just said, don't be afraid, well, it didn't really help a lot. So it's normal if you're still feeling afraid. But look now, Moses is going to tell them how to not be afraid because obeying God and not being afraid is not about your feelings. It's about your choices. Here's the choice that God wants you to make today. Just stand still. Moses tells them, don't be afraid. That doesn't mean you're not going to feel afraid, but here's how you show, I'm not afraid, I trust in God. You stand still and you watch as the Lord rescues you. In other words, you acknowledge, I'm not going to get out of this by fight or flight. I'm not going to get through this by normal human reactions. So I'm going to stand still and I'm going to watch my God who is bigger than this situation, I'm going to watch him deliver. I'm going to watch him rescue. Yeah, I can't do it. And I might be feeling completely afraid while I stand still and say, God, I'm I'm just standing still and I'm looking for you to rescue and I feel overcome by fear, but I believe you're going to rescue me. Moses continues, he tells him this in verse 13, these Egyptians the very soldiers and chariots and horses that you see barreling down on you when you're trapped and afraid, guess what? Because of what God is going to do, someday they'll never be seen again. And I'm here to tell you that whatever you're going through, whatever you're most afraid of in this season, because of Jesus and his work on the cross, your deliverance may not be immediate, but there will be a day when what you're most afraid of today will never be seen again. We're told in the book of Revelation that when each of us breathe our final breath and we wake up in the presence of God, he's gonna wipe that final tear from our eye and there will be no more death, there will be no more pain, there will be no more unemployment, no more suffering, no more fear of not having enough, no more worrying about our loved ones because we are in the very presence of God and the day is coming when what you most fear will never be seen again But right now, we're standing right where the Israelites were, aren't we? We're trapped. 
We're trapped and we feel like death is charging down on us. And just like the people of God, we get to stand still, as frightening as it is, and wait for the Lord to rescue us. Look now at verse 14. The Lord himself will fight for you. So just stay calm. The Lord himself will fight for you. This is why you can stay calm. This is why even if you feel completely like freaking out, you can say, I I feel like everything's falling apart, but I can stay calm. Why? Not because of the stock market, not because of anything else, but because the Lord himself, he's going to fight for me. I'm his child and I know he won't abandon me. And he's going to be with you as you walk through this time. The Lord himself will fight for you. For some of you, you need to write that verse down right now on a note card or something. You need to put that verse up above your bathroom mirror, up above your kitchen sink. And you just need to claim this verse that, you know what? I can't control what's going to happen in the world, but I know that my God will fight for me. And so that's why I can stay calm even when I feel like panicking. Well, we asked, how can you stay calm when you're trapped and afraid? And here's the answer. When you're trapped, you just stay calm because the Lord's going to rescue you. That's why we titled this series, Keep Calm and Carry On. We keep calm, not because we're run by our feelings, but because we're run by our faith. And let me just say, the reason this promise applies to you is because you're a child of God. God promised that he would deliver the children of Israel who were his children. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you are the child of God. This is why you can keep calm. He promises to rescue you. He sees you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows every circumstance in your life. He knows how many cans you have in your pantry. He knows every need you're going to have tomorrow. And as we're going to learn in this series, he's already in tomorrow providing what you need. So only worry about today because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. In other words, God says, we can't carry the weight of tomorrow's worries. We're insufficient. And if we think about, well, how am I going to get through the next eight weeks It overwhelms us in times of crisis. So God says, don't worry about the next eight weeks. Worry about today. (laughs) Today, you know, you've just got a number of hours left and you'll be through today and then God's gonna take care of you again tomorrow. Stay calm. Watch the Lord. See what he does. See how he rescues you. Well, let's look at the situation the Israelites were in. Because part of the context of this, I've described that the Egyptians were barreling down on them. They're trapped at the Red Sea. The only other way they could have gone if they hadn't gone through this mountain pass would have been to the Philistines. Philistines as in David and Goliath, giant warriors with probably even better weapons than the Egyptians. And so the Israelites are completely trapped. They're in this triangle of fear, Death and the impossible, they're completely trapped. I'm guessing some of you relate to that. I wonder, what's the Red Sea for you right now in your life? Where is it that it just looks impossible? Maybe it's this whole global crisis. Maybe it's the possibility that you're waking up at night in anxiety, just afraid that you're going to get this virus and you're afraid of death. Maybe it's the sickness of a loved one who is in the hospital with this and you're just so worried about them and it seems impossible. Maybe it's your job or 
your lack of a job, your need of a job. I don't know what the impossible thing is for you, but I know this, that in Jesus, we have a perfect Moses, if you will. We're gonna see how God uses Moses to overcome the impossible. And he wants to use Jesus in your life to do the same. And so consider these three words that Moses gave to God's people and that we can absorb into our hearts today. Just stand still. I know it's the most unnatural thing to do in a crisis to just stand still. We're wired for fight or flight. It's so unnatural to just stand still. How do we do that? Well, we just stand still by keeping our feet of faith anchored into the basics. We keep gathering for these messages online. We keep reading the word of God. We keep giving to the work of God. I got to tell you guys a story about the first time I went rappelling. Here's a picture if you're not familiar with what rappelling is. I was either in high school or college the first time I went rappelling. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but the first time you go rappelling, it, it is such a, a bizarre feeling. Because, you know, we're used to standing, we're used to having the ground beneath our feet. That's how we live our entire lives. And then all of a sudden you're in a situation where the ground is not beneath your feet. And all of your safety is that you are anchored to something above you that is strong enough to hold you. And it takes so much faith as you're making your way down a vertical rock face to believe that you're gonna be held. And here's the thing, we're going through a time where whether it's our jobs, our routines, the normal places we'd go and see people, the ground has moved beneath us. And for all of us in different ways, it's like yeah, the ground I've always stood on, it's just gone. It's just gone. And so here's what I wanna tell you today. When what normally supports you isn't there, someone even stronger is. If you've placed your faith in Christ, and if you've never done that before, you can even now say, Jesus, I believe. I need you to be my savior. I need you to be the someone stronger for me. What normally supports you isn't there. I get it. That's so hard. So many emotions. I don't think anyone who's never been repelling before could go down a really steep rock face and not feel a whole bunch of feelings when the ground that's always been there, all of a sudden, it's not. But the thing that gets you through it is knowing this, someone stronger is up there. I'm anchored into someone stronger. Now, maybe you're thinking, okay, John, you know, who's possibly sturdier or stronger than the ground? right? I'm used to standing on the ground. The ground is gone. John, who's possibly sturdier than the ground? How about the one who made the ground? How about the one who spoke the very earth into existence? And he didn't sweat to do that. He just spoke a word and the earth and all that's in it came into existence. He can hold you. You can trust him. Really in this time, we have a choice to trust God when it looks impossible. I know this is a hard choice to make. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not here saying, oh, this is such an easy choice, just trust God. That's not what I'm saying. But, but just like any other important choice in your life, it might not be easy to choose it, but it's so important that you do choose to say, God, it does look impossible. Or what's out in the future, I'm so afraid of it, and that looks impossible. But God, I'm choosing to trust you. I choose to trust you, God. 
You know, crises like the one that we're going through, they tend to put things into perspective, don't they? Uh, We've all got some things in our life, maybe for you it's a boat or a sports car or a promotion. Maybe it's the college you wanted to get into. It was a relationship and all of a sudden, all those things, they just seem kind of insignificant, don't they? All of a sudden, those things are kind of put into perspective that really, as long as you've got enough food to eat and the people around you are healthy, some of those other things don't really matter. I thought about the Israelites standing there, some of them with little trinkets and jars and things that might have been their most valuable possession that they were carrying out of Egypt with their family. And now all of a sudden they hear this army coming up behind them and they realize they're trapped. And all of a sudden those little things don't mean quite as much anymore. You know, last night after we ate dinner as a family, I was washing the dishes and I just turned on worship music. That's One of the things that is helping me the most in this time is just turning on good worship music, having the volume up really loud. And while I was there doing dishes in the kitchen sink, I was just singing these worship songs to God. And there was a time as I was singing these worship songs to God that my eyes just started tearing up. I had this moment with God of just, God, you're my provider. You're my deliverer. You're my rescue. God, I'm just choosing to trust in you. And you know what? I experienced God at an emotional depth that I haven't in the last year or so. And it's because of what we're going through. And I just want to encourage you in this time, keep making the choice to trust God. When you say, I don't know how to make that choice, turn on some worship music, turn it up loud. Get our daily devotionals. Be in touch with others in our church family through all that we've got with our online platform. Well, let's look back at that triangle that the Israelites found themselves trapped in. And I want to read you how God delivered them. It's a familiar story, but I really want you to picture just how trapped they were. There was nowhere else they could go when in verse 21, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened a path miraculously. The Lord opened a path. Do you know the Lord's gonna open a path for you? God will open a path. And you might say, John, it's impossible. The industry I work in is toast. There are no jobs. Guess what? The Lord can open a path when it looks impossible. You might say, uh, my my son who I love so much has had a lung condition his entire life. John, there's no way. The Lord can open a path. The Lord can open a path when no one else could, right? I mean, who comes up with the idea to say, you're going to go through the sea, not on boats or rafts, but I'm going to miraculously part the sea. I'm going to even dry the ground for you, and you're just going to walk right through it. It's impossible, but God can do it. The Lord will open a path, stand still, wait for your rescue, fix your eyes on him, call out to him like the people of Israel did. The Lord opened a path. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. Verse 22, so the people of Israel, they walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. I've said before that until you finish God's work for you on earth, you're invincible. Now, I don't say that to say be reckless, you know, be, be cautious, practice all the normal health things. Knowing you're invincible until you're done on earth doesn't mean you don't need to buckle your seatbelt or wash your hands, but it does mean this. 
It means that if a tornado were to go through your neighborhood and God wasn't done with you yet, you would live. God has a purpose for you on earth. And what it means is this, if your entire industry gets destroyed by what's going on economically right now, he'll make a path for you. It might be that he had something for you in a different industry. It, it might be that somehow there was some way, there was something you couldn't see, right? None of the people standing there, none of the Israelites, as Pharaoh's army is charging down, think, hmm, you know what God's going to do? I bet he's going to miraculously part that sea. None of them were thinking that, right? But God knew what he was going to do. God's got a plan for you. God will make a path for you. And you know what? On the other side of this crisis, we're going to look back. And we're going to see, you know what? We walked through the middle of an impossible set of circumstances. We did it as a church. We did it as individuals. And we walked through it because God was with us. Well, that is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians wash up on the seashore. Verse 31, when the people of Israel saw that the mighty power of the Lord had been unleashed against the Egyptians. They were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord. This is a really interesting bookend if you think about this story. Because this story started with the Israelites. They look up and they see the Egyptians are coming after us and they panic. Now at the end, they look up and they see the Lord delivered us, and they choose to trust him like never before. Now, we're still at the beginning moment of our story where we look up and we see, and everyone around us is panicking, but we are people of faith. We've been bought with a price. We know our eternal destiny. We know we're invincible until we've accomplished our purpose on earth, and we can choose today to put our faith in the Lord, knowing that he's gonna rescue us. He goes before us, to, before us to make a path. And he frees us from the enemy of death. He frees us from the enemy of anxiety. He frees us from the enemy of panic. He frees us from the enemy of sickness, of unemployment. He goes before you to make a path. I've replaced this triangle of the Israelites with the triangle of you and me. We find ourselves trapped, humanly speaking. There's great fear in one direction. There's great anxiety or the potential of death in the other direction, and we look ahead and it just seems impossible. And I'd encourage you right now to take a screenshot if you're watching on your phone or else pull your phone out and take a picture of this or watch this message later this week because each of these references in your life application study Bible, you can go so deep. God has so many promises for you Here's why you can be fearless. Here's why you can just stay calm. It's because Christ's work on the cross. You know, when you place your faith in Jesus, you are uh, connecting into his rescue, his deliverance from death. You no longer have to fear death. From fear itself, all those times in the scriptures when it says, do not fear, fear not, it's because of what he did on the cross and whatever it is that we face that's impossible. I mean, all our heroes of faith in scripture, they all faced impossible situations and we're facing some impossible situations, but our God is in control. 
You know, the very foundation of knowing that you're delivered from these enemies is having a personal relationship with God through your faith in Christ. How do you do that? Well, very simply, Acts 16, 31 says this, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. I tell you this because I know some of you are watching and maybe you've been to church before, maybe you even call yourself a Christian, but you've never had that moment where for yourself, you said, you know what? I believe in Jesus for me. I'm thinking of a guy in our church named Jean. And it was this last year that he came up to me in tears one weekend and he said, John, I've been in church for 10 years. I've never before believed for myself. And you know what? Some of you in this time of crisis, when you feel trapped, now's the time where you really say, you know what? I'm not just going to say I'm a Christian or go to church every once in a while. I'm going to believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins. I'm going to claim what he did on the cross for my eternal life. You don't want to skip ahead to just standing still, and what does that mean? Just standing still for us means this, just be faithful. Just be faithful. Faithful to what? Well, you're faithful to your family, faithful to your church family. Faithfully continue gathering here online. You know, I'm praying and believing that when this crisis ends and we're able to reopen our doors that we'll have more people in here than ever before because you look back to crises like September 11th and the 2008 recession and church attendance rose because people realized they needed God. And I believe we have a great opportunity right now to be inviting our neighbors to watch online and to be preparing by faith for when we can reopen our doors. We be faithful. I gotta show you just a few pictures. There's dozens of these, but I'll show you two of our small groups meeting online. So this is one of our small groups. They couldn't get together in a house, and so they used technology to gather online. Here's another one of the small groups. It says, we got together tonight through Zoom for a time of prayer and encouragement. Now, if you're not yet in a group, or if your group doesn't know how to use this technology, reach out to us at the church office or even text the word group to 317-350-1996. We'll help your group. In fact, we're gonna be launching a platform for all our groups to be able to be connecting online. So what does it mean to just stand still, to just be faithful? Well, we continue to gather online like we're doing right now. We continue to give because it's by keeping the lighthouse of Connection Point lit that we continue to give hope to everyone who's in darkness and we gotta keep functioning here. And we continue to serve. We continue to serve by being in touch with our small group. If you're serving somewhere in the church, I'd encourage you every week, you'll be hearing from the staff member who's over that area saying, let's pray together. If you're a small group leader for elementary or middle school or high school, you can be praying for the people you serve. You can serve by giving little kits to your neighbors. Here's a true story. Uh, we've got set up in the lobby that you can stop by and get these supplies to give to your neighbors. And this is someone from our community who posted online, got one of these survival kits from one of you. It says, it's no secret that my little family's been going through some changes. I try to be strong for Luke and not cry in front of him. People who haven't attended our church before. I worry about his dad and I worry about the decisions I've made. Today, a gift was set on my front porch and I cried in front of Luke. I explained to him I wasn't sad, but happy. 
This invitation from dear friends for Luke and I to join them at church when it resumes, turns out they are watching online, so hello, came just when I needed it. Jesus is talking and I'm listening. Thank you to these dear brother and sister from our church. Thank you for always loving our family. So who knows how God's gonna use you. We're gonna keep serving. We're gonna keep giving. We're gonna keep gathering for times like this in the word of God, gathering for worship events, gathering in times of prayer that we'll be introducing soon. And here's what I can tell you, where you feel trapped and afraid, he will make a way. God made a way for the Israelites. God made a way for this church back in the Great Depression, back in the Civil War, back in World War I. He will make a way for our church. He will make a way for you. You're his son. You're his daughter. You belong to him. You're his child. He sees you. He's not gonna abandon you. He will provide. And even if it looks impossible, he will part the sea in front of you. And here's what I can tell you. I know this as a leader. I know this as a follower of Christ. If you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, if you'll choose to trust him when it feels impossible, at the end of this, we're gonna look back And we're going to say, just like the Israelites, it was the Lord who delivered us. It wasn't our dollars that delivered us. It wasn't our health that delivered us. It wasn't our strategic planning. It wasn't our government. It was no human hand that delivered us. It was the Lord. And we're going to experience God like never before. We're going to declare his faithfulness like never before. You know, I told you earlier, about that bizarre nightmare I had as a kid with Arnold Schwarzenegger being in my basement. But man, as a child, I felt so terrified. I felt so trapped. I felt so afraid. And I was so overcome with fear that in my dream, I screamed out, Dad! My dad ran to me. You know, nowadays, it's my daughter Zoe who has those kind of dreams. Here's a picture of Zoe with her sister, Evie. This is Zoe over here. I think Zoe got a little bit of my mind inherited because she's got the same kind of weird dreams I had when I was her age. And she has these nightmares a lot. And so she knows this. She knows she's supposed to stay in her bed through the night. But if she's overcome with fear, if she's terrified, if she feels trapped and afraid, she knows that she has permission to crawl up into mom and dad's bed snuggle up between us. And you know, those nights when she does that, do I say, hey, what are you doing here? Get back to your room. No. When she's overcome with fear and she comes to me, I put my arm around her and she snuggles up to me and she puts her faith, she puts her faith in her dad. She moves her eyes from what's unknown and what's afraid to what's known and unchanging. God wants you to know this today. He's your heavenly father. And where it looks impossible, where you're terrified or afraid, call out to him. Draw near to him. You know, the day's coming when we'll physically be together with him and our worst moments on earth, they'll be washed away in a sea just like the Egyptians were washed away. And until then, Jesus tells us to pray every day, our Father in heaven, give me today the bread that I need for today. Let me know that you're with me. I want to pray that for you right now. Father, 
We want to apply what you've taught us. Where we feel trapped or afraid, we want to just stand still and watch you rescue us. God, you know how weak we are. You call us children for a reason. We can be overcome by our fears of the unknown or the known. We can become so terrified that it paralyzes us. And Lord, you tell us this, that you know our frames, that we're dust, that we are weak. You tell us this, that we'll never be tested beyond what we can handle. But with every testing, you'll provide a way out. You'll provide a little crack in the door so that we can run into your bedroom. You'll provide a way for us to draw near to you. And so, Lord, as a church family, I just pray right now for those who feel alone. I pray for those who feel like, like they're just overcome and it's just impossible. And I pray, would you just give them faith to call out to you? Lord, let us be like the people of Israel that when it looks impossible, we wouldn't just panic, but we would call out to you. That every day we'd be saying, God, where I don't know what to do, I'm calling out to you. I'm believing in you. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you'll rescue me. You'll part the sea. You will rescue me. And so God, right now, we just, we declare this from our hearts, that when there's not a way, you're the way maker. You make a way. You part seas. You do miracles. Our faith is in you. We will stand still. We will watch you rescue us. We love you, Jesus. We worship you now. Amen.